Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field report. The crop has moved along at a good pace this week. Most of the April corn is finally pollinated. Due to the amount of lady mergers, it took two weeks to get this job done. This April corn will have quite a range in moisture this fall, but at least it got pollinated. Everything I looked at looks good as far as pollination goes. I am getting in some pictures coming in of corn that pollinated in the hotter, drier weather in the south. Some of the kernel abortion is down one side of the ear, typical of what you get in a dry scenario like that and giving that banana hook uh, in the ear. But most of the corn that I was in this week is pollinating in good shape or has already pollinated. This May corn is pollinating right on the heels of the April corn, even though it's been planted a month and in some cases a month and a half behind the April corn. A lot of these fields that I was in the past week pollinated butt to tip in three days, no more than five days. This is perfect. Yield estimates are all about stand uniformity. This week we yield checked from 170 to 270. The 170 was in the April corn, while the 270 was in the mid-May corn. As you do your yield estimates in this uneven corn, check the late plants, and if they're going to put on some grain, count them as a half an ear in your ear count. So if you have six to 8,000 late plants that, again, look like they're going to put on some grain, count them as a half an ear. Now get your kernel counts off of your normal ears. As you evaluate ear and stalk size, realize that we're going to need to stay on top of it this fall with our stripper plates. We need to harvest those small ears to square up our yield. I hope we continue with this weather to get our June corn pollinated as well. I've seen more wind damage than I expected outside of the wind corridor. Some plants are just gooseneck, but I'm finding more and more snapped off than I would expect to find. Most of these fields are snapped off at the ear node, leaving the ear at the top of the stalk. Now while this is bad, it's better than breaking off below the ear and losing the ear altogether. The funny thing though is this corn is tasseled. It's all done basically with its growth. So it's out of the rapid growth stage where it usually can be brittle. So I'm not sure why we're seeing so much broken top. While variations in varieties and row directions do show up, we are seeing it in a lot of fields across the board. With this corn that has the top of the plant snapped off, count them as half ears in your ear count as well. If they get pollinated, they may not get a half an ear, but the fact that the top of the plant is gone, it'll let more sunlight in and the neighboring plants will produce bigger ears. And in some of your lower populations, you'll find a second ear that gets enough growth or on it to where we can actually get the grain off of it as well. This corn snapped due to the fact that the corn plant was well anchored. It didn't tip over, it broke the top. In other fields though, we've got a lot of lodging due to that wind. Don't just write it off to wind and walk away. We need to dig in these fields and do a good evaluation of the root system. 
Was it just wind or did we have something that compromised that root system? Corn that was caught in the rootless corn syndrome, not being able to put out good roots uh, and in that dry weather got twisted up in these storms. Another big contributor to this corn is sidewall compaction, open slot from planting too wet, too much downforce. With all the crown roots caught in the seed trench and the brace roots dealing with press wheel compaction, left these plants poorly anchored. Fields with heavy rootworm feeding were also subject to lodging as well. In areas where a lot of rain fell, and we had deep tilled fields, uh, they took the hit as well. The fields got saturated and tipped over. While we can't do much about it now, knowing the cause of it will help us to avoid it next year. These plants are toppled right at the base. Most of the May corn is straightened up fairly well, while some of the April corn will be a little frustrating this fall. The disease pressure, why still light out there, is firing up in this humidity. This week, gray leaf spot and physodorm brown spot were the easiest to find. I did see three fields with a touch of northern leaf blight. This is a surprise based on how warm it has been here. These lesions were all at the top of the plants, indicating that it blew in. In general, all the fields were still very light with lesions two or three leaves below the ear leaf. This pressure will continue to increase if this moist weather and humidity hold on. We did see some bacterial leaf streak in one of the hail fields this week. I do expect we'll see some goss show up in these hail fields as well. Not much we can do in those, with those two, but adjust your marketing strategy. We can't control those two with a fungicide. Every spring the question comes in, what do you think about planting non-GMO corn without an insecticide? My response is, what type of feeding are you seeing on the roots? Most of the time the response is, I don't know. Boys, now is the time to do some of those root digs. Wash off the roots and evaluate for damage. Not a bad idea to snap some pictures, catalog them away, and refer to them each year to see if that feeding's getting worse. When you're in these fields, collecting these samples, look for the beetles and beetle feeding. Most of the beetle you see this time of the year are homegrown, meaning they came from your field. Beetle don't start moving around that much until the corn starts to to deteriorate. Placing sticky traps in the bean field is another way to keep a handle on how many beetles are visiting the bean field and possibly laying eggs for your next year's corn. A little work now takes the guesswork out of that decision next spring. We had three calls this week on fall armyworm. Uh, situation while spraying for these critters is kind of rare anymore. Keep an eye on top of them. They can do a lot of damage in a hurry if they happen to show up in your field. Tend to be in the outer edges, usually. But that doesn't mean that we couldn't find them out in the field if that's where the eggs were put. Japanese beetles kind of hit missing areas. Well, the grasshopper numbers seem to be high where we were the driest. Some of these waterways are thick. 
and may need to be sprayed, especially if you're mowing the grass and pushing them out in the crop. Most bean fields I visited this week are in that R2 to R4, so a lot of fungicides going on. Potting looks good, especially on those early beans. While me... While we may have struggled out of the gate this year compared to other states, man, this crop is ramping up for a big second half. So keep your chin up, keep your eyes on the ball. Crop Tech customers, don't forget our field day, August 13th. You do need to pre-register to get a link. Those of you that are interested in the Farm Journal Corn Soybean College virtual event, registration is now open and off to a good start for that event. So go to our website, click on that Corn Soybean College tab, and get yourself registered. If you run into any issues or have any questions, the office crew would be glad to help you out. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.